Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to Cashflow Guys Podcast. If this is your first time here, my name is Tyler Sheff and I'm your host. And I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. And we're going to take some real good questions that we got from one of our listeners from the great state of Michigan. And uh, I want to go through this with you because I think these are questions that I think a lot of you, especially if you're new to the show and you're new to real estate investing, these are good, solid questions that I think that a lot of folks would ask. So I want to go ahead and hit them and so we can get you guys the answers you need. And you can hopefully get started going there in the right direction. So I'm going to go ahead and read this email. I'm going to leave out some of the, the identifiable stuff on here and just kind of, I don't want to, you know, call them out or anything like that, but I'll skip over some stuff. But I'm going to go ahead and get cracking. I'm going to read this to you and uh, we'll go ahead and get these answered. Uh, so it starts with, hello, before I start asking the question, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time out of your day to do your podcast. I appreciate that a lot, man. I really do. It's nice to hear from people that listen to the show. Um, doing this for a long time now, you know, I'm coming up on 300 episodes, which when I say that makes me want to take a nap. It's been a long, long journey. And I don't ask anything in return except for the fact that I hope you guys are getting value. And if you're getting value, please leave me some reviews on on iTunes and whatnot. That lets me know that um, the show is valuable to you, that me taking time out of my day to do this and not charge you for it is going to help you out. So if it's helping you out, drop a review. If you guys have questions and you want me to answer one of your questions on the show, drop the question to info at cashflowguys.com or you can go to cashflowguys.com website and click the contact us or contact Tyler and ask your question right there. And as I get them coming in, I which I do get on a regular basis, I will, if you want me to, I'll go ahead and make an episode out of it. With that, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, get back to it here. He, he talks about, he says, I've listened to all your 2021 releases and currently one episode 39 from your 2016 episodes and try to learn from your past releases. Again, thank you very much for taking the time to do that. A lot of content there, a lot to consume. Granted, we've been doing this for quite a while. He goes on to say, I will say a few things about myself so you can give me the best advice you can offer me. He gives his name. He currently resides in Michigan. He was born and raised from a single mom. That's cool. Shout out to single moms. Gotta love that. That's a lot of work. I can tell you that. My mom was a single mom. But she struggled to support me until I was able to get out of my own and land a job at General Motors. So congratulations. You got a good job at General Motors. That's awesome. Learned a hard lesson about credit cards and spending and saving money. Amen, brother. Boy, I've had that problem before. When I was in the Army, uh, back in those days, probably still true today, they would give credit to anybody in the Army. They didn't care if you could fog a mirror. They would literally give you whatever kind of line of credits you want. Well, me being a stupid 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid, I bought every damn thing that wasn't tied down on credit cards. They had the, all these military lending companies and all this whatnot. And man, I went on a freaking shopping spree, got myself in all kinds of debt, spent years and years and years trying to dig out of it. So I can relate with what you're talking about, especially getting started in life and then immediately getting yourself saddled with debt. So he says, he goes on to say, I've listened to quite a few podcasts about getting out of debt for the past few years. Dave, Rams- Dave Ramsey's podcast, etc. I used to be $47,000 in debt, and now I'm down to 11000 in just two years. So I'm going to stop right there and say, dude, good job, man. Outstanding. The first of all, I admire you for having the courage or the balls, if you will, to do the right thing and pay those debts off. A lot of folks, they don't have the same thing. They just quit, go hide in a cave somewhere and hope it'll all go away. And the reality of it is it's not going to go away, which brings me to last week, or I believe it was a week before I talked about the things that are going on in the world right now regarding to regarding the COVID crisis. And, you know, the fact that one stat from the housing and urban development HUD said that 40 percent, 40 percent of mortgages in America are showing tracking past due as of January, 40 percent. That's crazy. If you think about it, that's just out of control. 
So when you're a person that makes the same mistake that I did and you get yourself in debt, I'll tell you, for a while, I shut down. I stopped paying everything back in the day. I was in my 20s, which is, I say, I think about it now, it's 30 years ago. But uh, I shut down emotionally. It was overwhelming. And, you know, the creditors start calling you. Your credit rating sucks. Nobody will lend you any more money. And boy, then you start, you realize you have to learn off, you have to earn, or I mean, live off the money you're actually earning, which I was in the army. I can tell you, I wasn't earning much. So it, I thought I was doing myself a favor having a field day and then I've got all that debt and it made it really, really hard to uh, get myself back out of debt. So I can completely, completely uh, identify with that, but I'm glad that you're taking the steps and that's, that shows a lot about your character, man. I got to tell you the fact that you can knock out that much debt in two years. That's huge. I mean, that is a major accomplishment. $47,000 in at, from 47 down to 11 in a couple of years time. That's a massive accomplishment. So pat yourself on the back. And frankly, guys and girls, this is the kind of stuff I see that kind of restates my belief in humanity is like guy can pull this off, realize that, yep, got himself in over his head, but more importantly, has the courage to dig himself out and is able to do that that guy's going to be knocking it out of the park here real soon if he's not already. He goes on to say he's a stepfather of a bunch of kids and he wants to ensure they all have a good, successful lives and they venture into adulthood. And he'd like for his fiance and, and him to live comfortably in the future. That's awesome. That's admirable. That being said, I've taken my past experiences, people I've worked for and people I know and talked to them about idealistically helping me become a landlord and or investing in properties to introduce a steady, healthy cash flow. Good. Two thumbs up. I'm glad because... You know, I love Dave Ramsey's training as far as getting out of debt. I 100% agree with the whole debt snowball idea. Uh, Jill and I did it years ago, and it, it works. I'll tell you that. What I don't, I'm not a big believer, and I'll be honest with you, is a lot of these different insurances um, that he talks about. I'm also not a believer in necessarily paying cash for a house, but that's a whole other story for a different podcast. But I'm glad that you're taking the stride just the same. Personal skill sets include electrical, roofing, plumbing. Basically, I can build a house from the foundation to the roof. That's outstanding. However, if I want to be smart, I know about people and companies that are willing to do that for me, roofers, home remodelers, plumbers, electricians. I'm going to stop right there because I think that's a very important point. Here's the thing, guys, and this is one of the mistakes that I made early on. Now, he's not going to make this mistake because I think he's already figured this out. But if you're taking time to swing a hammer, paint walls, and, and do all the work yourself, you may think you're saving money. But if you want to scale your portfolio, if you want to do more than one deal a year, you're going to have to rely on the benefits of other people. You're going to have to bring people in your team, whether it be contractors, painters, attorneys, lenders, whatever it may be, try not to get caught up in the mindset of doing everything yourself. Like this young man has, has avoided that. He's smart enough to not get sucked into that. It's outstanding. I still got good friends of mine that every time they, they bring a new property online, they roll up their sleeves and do almost all the work themselves, which slows down their progress. And they're still having to do deals to survive because the pace at which they can do them when they're, they themselves are doing all the work is very slow. And I get that with sometimes the contractors or a lot of times the contractors, it's a royal pain in the butt dealing with contractors. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're in the country. You, you can definitely be uh, underwhelmed by the results you get in a lot of cases. But I'm not going to necessarily say that you're going to save money by doing the work yourself. So guys and girls listening to this episode, it makes more sense, in my opinion, this is anyway, to spend the time, spend your time finding good people. And that is comes down to, I've done episodes on this, asking 
other people in your space, in your marketplace, who they're using, who they trust, who they've done business with. Don't take referrals from people like at BNI and whatnot. I mean, no disrespect to BNI, but these folks at BNI are pretty much uh, forced, committed uh, to having to give re- a certain number of referrals. They're on a quota, and what that's led in my in my history, I've had friends that are that are BNI, and the referrals I've got have been completely terrible. I mean, they're just crappy crappy referrals that I've had to fire. I can tell you, I've had to fire a hundred percent of the people that I've been referred by or referred to or who've referred themselves to me. A hundred percent of those people I had to fire. They were just, they turned out to be terrible at what they do. So think long and hard about, I'd rather you invest some time shaking hands, talking to people, getting on the phone, Go to a real estate meeting, follow some folks in your market that are doing what you want to do, learn who their vendors are and get out there and help them, get, you know, help those vendors get more business because the good ones, you may think they're a little bit more expensive, but reality is they're not any more expensive because A, you only got to pay them to do the job one time if they're good, not twice. And I'm here to tell you, and anybody, any of my vendors will tell you, I don't, I ask for a quote and I don't negotiate. That's a fact. Which means if I don't like the price and if I'm not convinced in the quality, I'm just going to say no and I'm going to go to somebody else. I don't believe that it's I should have to negotiate down somebody's price when they've decided what their worth is. Okay, And here's an example of that. Guy comes in and says, I'm going to, I don't know, paint your apartments and he wants two grand to paint the apartments. If I'm not happy with two grand, I'm just going to say no. I'm not even going to bother saying 1500 because I know what will happen is, especially if the guy or girl needs work. They'll probably take the job at 1500 Did I save money? Maybe. But well, they're also probably going to be more inclined to cut corners. That has been my experience, and I've been doing this for 20 years. I've flipped houses. I've flipped apartment buildings. I've bought and hold. got short-term rentals, notes. I've had my share of contractor horror stories, I can tell you. And in every single case... I've had a horror story. It's because I, thinking I'm the smartest guy in the room, which I've clearly proven to myself I'm not, have tried to negotiate somebody else's worth by trying to get a discount. Here's a good example. I am, by far, the most expensive real estate agent in the markets that I serve. I work in two markets. I work in the Key West, Florida, Florida Keys, and the Tampa Bay market. I charge more than any other realtor in the market, a lot more. So much so that other realtors find out how much I charge for a listing and they they don't even believe it's possible. But the reality of it is I am the best in the business when it comes to being a realtor. I can get a seller more money for their house than anybody out there in the marketplace, period. I'm better at it. I've been doing it longer. I'm a better negotiator. I'm a rabid, savage marketer. Recently, I just sold a house for a client. We went way over list price. I actually had other realtors and wholesalers in the market going, dude, what's wrong with you? Why are you spending money on paid advertising for that client's house? You know, you're already going to get a whole bunch of people to want to buy it. I'm like, yeah, I get that, but I want twice as many people to buy it because what that'll do is create an auction-like environment. Even more so, people will lose their flipping minds and we'll get top, top dollar for this thing and we will do what's best for the seller. That's what it comes down to. What I do the same thing if somebody offered me to pay me 2% to list their property? Hell no. Hell no. Matter of fact, at some point, I'm probably going to do a training to teach real estate agents how to get their net worth. But at the same time, those agents can be taught how not to suck at what they do. I'm going to teach agents how to market a property effectively, how to create a buzz, how to get top dollar, how to work with buyer's agents, how not to ask things, dumb questions like, are there any offers on the house? 
I guys, I don't mean to digress for a second, but I had probably a hundred agents ask me, are there any offers on the house? Hello. Uh, hello. Is this thing on? Yeah, it's 2021. It's a seller's market. Interest rates are at an all time low. I've had over 1500 buyer leads come in on one listing and you're actually going to waste time reaching out to me to ask me if there's any offers. Duh. That's the dumbest question ever. Well, because I got to ask them, why do they want to know that? Well, I want to know that because if, if there's other offers, then we'll write a better offer. Um, again, make sure this is on. Seller's market. Hello. You better come in hot and heavy right out of the gate, right? But that's the difference. So when you're dealing with these contractors and whatnot, work only with the best. I'm putting together a kick-ass, rock-solid team here in the Florida Keys. I'm working with the best in the business. And I want to be, what I mean by that? Best contractors, best painters, best handymen, best title companies, best lenders. I don't settle for second best. The best, my photographer is freaking amazing down here in the Florida Keys. This girl blows it out of the water. She's more qualified than any photographer I've ever met in my entire life. And yes, she does my listing photography. So if you got a home in the Florida Keys and you're looking to sell it, then you need to get on the phone with me and let me know because I'll get her out there and she will make your house look like a flipping palace. Anyway, back to the questions. He's got a few realtor friends, he says, that also have rental properties who are willing to help him out. And they've also listened to my podcast. Well, that's cool. I didn't got, got lots of realtors listening to the show. That's awesome. That's always nice to hear. And they're also successful. And that's even better. That's, that's outstanding. So for the questions, where do I even begin? I don't own a home yet, which my fiance and I are currently looking into some that will be able to support a larger family. I'm still paying off debt. And I really need good guidance, uh, a good guidance consultant for taxes and attorneys to assist me. Any recommendations? I do have a recommendation, and here's the thing. And guys, this advice a lot of you are gonna hate, but it's important advice, and I want you to try to take it to heart. Try to listen to me, because I can promise you this. I have already made bigger, badder, worse mistakes than you could ever imagine in my life. And the reason why, I, part of the reason why I do this podcast is to help you not make the same stupid mistakes I did. So I'm glad that this gentleman has the ability or took the, had the courage to ask the question because I'm going to give you the answer right now. First off, before you do anything else, before you, anything else happens, before you spend one more penny, finish off that $11,000 in debt. And I know what you guys are saying. Well, Kiyosaki says debt is good. Yes, but credit card debt, that's bad debt. It's not good. If that debt's not making you money, if it's not mortgage debt, then you got to get rid of it. And this gentleman's already done such a great job chunking down the debt. He's almost there. So step one, let's get the rest of that debt paid off. You and the fiance team up, eliminate the rest of that debt, wipe that out, get that bad debt, that credit card debt, that revolving credit debt, whatever it is. If it's over 4% interest, get rid of it, pay it off. Here's why. If you're going to invest in real estate and you're going to be looking at how much of a return you think you might be able to make, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, what's the cost of that return? What do I mean by that? Well, if you're paying credit card interest rates at 16, 17, 18 or worse percent interest on a credit card balance, let's say in this case, gentleman's got $11,000 in credit card bills. Well, his interest rate's probably at least 10%. And no matter what it is, it could be 20%, could be 30%, hell, it could be 7%. The bottom line is, if his credit card interest is higher than the returns, the true net returns, not the ones where you lie to yourself and you think that you're making more money and you think you're getting rich because you have a whole bunch of doors, I mean the real return, what your net return is. If you were to put $11,000 into real estate and you can't 
beat. You can't make more money off the real estate than what you're paying in credit card interest. Then that's why you've got to pay off the credit card interest. And I'll be honest with you. Most investors right out of the gate are not going to make enough money off the money they would otherwise have used for their credit card. They're not going to be able to outpace the cost of that that uh, interest rate. And what do I mean by that? I'm going to break it down in plain English. If you're paying 10% interest on a credit card, I doubt you're probably going to get a 10% return on your first investment of $11,000. Fact. And that debt's going to make it harder for you to succeed. I'm here to tell you I'm a living example of what debt, good and bad, can do for you. The reason why Jill and I were able to escape the rat race, one of the big reasons, besides buying units, was the fact that we, at the same time, concurrently paid down and then paid off our debt. I don't have any debt. So for me, it's very easy to live and escape the rat race because I'm not paying Capital One every day and American Express and whoever else you want to you want to talk about. Nobody gets my money. No credit card company gets my money. Okay. I, I don't have to worry about that. The only debt I have is mortgage debt. So for me, I don't need, I don't need $30,000 or $50,000 a month to live like a king. I need significantly less than that because I don't have that debt. So if you can do that one thing, pay off that last $11,000, that means every property you get after that, every $200 or $300 cash flow or whatever it is, every house, duplex, whatever, the net profit actually flows to you. It's actual money you can use. And frankly, from there, my next step, I would focus on the first property. And if I were you, I would make that a duplex at least a duplex. Whatever it takes, let's get you into a duplex, a triplex, a fourplex, something like that. Why? Number one, because the interest rates are low. Two, you can take advantage of residential financing. Residential financing is pretty easy to get. I mean, anybody that can fog a mirror can get a mortgage right now, especially you got a good job, you're working for General Motors. Take advantage of that. Buy a duplex, maybe even do a BRR method, which means you buy rehab, uh, you live in it for a little bit, Maybe if you're going to use an FHA loan and then you rent it back out. You don't have to live in them, guys. And and for a lot of folks, especially uh, this gentleman, he's got lots of kids. Him moving into it is not an option because he's just got too many kids. Most duplexes are, are two, you know, one, two or three bedrooms, usually one or two bedrooms. So that would be a challenge for him. But conventional financing, guys, you can get a 95% mortgage. They're out there still. We're only going to put 5% down. There are grant programs for first-time buyers. There's all kinds of different things out there. You can use your mortgage benefits. That's another thing to think about. You can rent where you live, which for him, I would definitely suggest that he does not buy right now. For starters, he's going to pay a fortune to be able to acquire something, especially something to to allow for accommodating for that many kids. You got a lot of kids. That's a lot of mouths to feed. That's a lot of bedrooms. I would first focus on renting something. Find something that you can rent. It's going to wind up, I think, being cheaper for you, so much cheaper for you, especially now considering things are crazy in the market. Properties, especially if you're competing, place to talk about a place you're going to move into where you you would go get a mortgage, a residential mortgage. That's you're going to pay a premium to have that many bedrooms. So don't go down that road. Let's instead talk about first, last, and security. Pay off that credit card debt. Live in a rent a place for a couple of years. Let's get some rental properties under your belt before you even think about buying a residence. Frankly, I don't see the reason, and I agree big time with Kiyosaki on this. I don't see a good reason to own the place you live in. I don't. I, I've never understood that. I get the, the fact that it gets to sleep at night, makes everybody feel special because, you know, nobody can take it from you. Well, I got news from you. Anybody can take it from you. We've learned a lot in the last couple of years about what the government can do. So if you think that nobody can take it to you simply because you don't have a mortgage, I got news for you. Ever heard of eminent domain? Look it up. Government can take your property anytime they want. 
as long as they have a decent reason. And it's up to them to decide what a decent reason is. So that's not a valid excuse. So why shell out 5, 10, 20% to then consume that investment? Your home is not an investment. Kiyosaki said that in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He said it all through his career. It's absolutely true, guys. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do the math to figure that out. So that's what would be my advice is to to get started. Pay off that debt, that $11,000. Don't buy any real estate courses. Don't sign up for any coaching. Don't do anything. If you want to do something to learn in the process, go on Amazon, go on my website, buy some books. I've got Amazon links on my website of the books you should be reading to get you in the right mindset to get going. But in the meantime, don't pay for any training or any crap like that. You don't need it right now. We need to get you finished off with that debt. Then rent a place that you guys are happy to live in for a couple of years, right? If you can't come up with an overarching, compelling reason to own a property, besides it makes you feel special, if there's no mathematical calculation that justifies purchasing a home, here's the thing. Don't do it. I know that the Joneses next door say, well, you've got to own a home or you're not a real man. That's crap. You're not an American if you don't own your home. That's also crap. Understand that most of America, like 90% of America, is poor. They're overextended. They're living on credit cards. And they're in a complete mess. You're going to see a lot of that coming down the, the pike. So stop trying to impress people if you're that type of person. Not saying this gentleman is, but if you're the type of person that's got the $700 a month car or truck payment and you know, you're, you're paying $750 rent and $700 for a truck, you need to have your flipping head examined. Give the truck back. You can't afford it. Your truck should never cost what it costs for rent, right? So guys, this is the time more than ever in history that we've got to become financially intelligent. We've got to get fiscally responsible. Read Dave Ramsey's books. Take Financial Peace University. Cost you a hundred bucks. Take Financial Peace University. If you're looking to get to the next step, read the books, get the education. It's out there to be had. Everything you need to know is in books. I committed to reading 52 books this year. It's a book a week. And admittedly, I'm a little bit behind on, on uh, where I need to be because I got sidetracked and doing other stuff. But that said, take in the knowledge, get yourself out of debt, and then act. As far as building a team, you're right on, on task, buddy. You need, you're, you're right. You need good guidance. Find a good real estate attorney. Uh, if you're doing, if real estate attorneys do closings in your market, I'm not sure in Michigan if they do them or not. But if they do, find a good real estate attorney. Find a good title company. If the real, if the attorneys don't do it, I prefer to use title companies in a state that uses title companies because I found that attorneys are terrible at details. They suck at doing closings, which is why most closings that involve an attorney are a train wreck. I like dealing with title companies in states where there's title companies because they usually get it right nine times out of ten. At least that's been. My my experience. So guys, I hope you found value in these answers. I hope that you apply some of the stuff that I talked about today. I appreciate you coming out and we will catch up with you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.